Welcome to Homeschool Mama Self-Care. I'm Teresa Wiedrich at Capturing the Charmed Life. I'm here to help you turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure that you can do this homeschool thing, if you are a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do, or you are a homeschool mama that knows she should take care of herself but hasn't considered doing it yet, then this is the podcast for you. Today, I get to introduce you to Stacy Wilson. Stacy is a mom to five and a homeschool mom to four who works full time and loves to help moms with lots of littles have the energy they need to rock their mom journey. She aspires to help moms find happiness in the stage of life they're in through daily habits that help fill their buckets so they have more to give their families. Nothing's worse than wanting what's best for your family and yet hardly having energy to do so. She graduated with an AA in sports medicine, then her BA in health science with an emphasis in personal health and lifetime wellness. After college sports coaching tapered off as she had more children, she got back into health after her fourth baby was born when she was tired, depressed, and unhappy. She began coaching in home workouts, nutrition, and accountability. Her ultimate goal is helping moms as she launches her Happy Mom Project. It's an eight-week group focusing on creating and establishing healthy habits that allows us to show up for our families the way we want to show up, not just getting through. The focus is threefold workouts, not to lose weight, but to gain energy, strength, and prove to ourselves we can do hard things. Nutrition, not so we can fit into the pre-baby genes, but to refuel our bodies with nutrients that pregnancy and nursing strip away. And three, self-care, not to just take time for ourselves, but to find things that truly fill our buckets and find fulfillment so our joy spills over into our families. Hi. Hi. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see you. So you're in your car. I'm guessing that's to get a little quiet. Am I right? Um, It's to get internet more than anything. <laughs> oh, 2020. Some sort of crazy, right? Oh, All sorts oh. of crazy. <laughs> oh. I know. These last 36 hours, they're just, they just keep going up. Welcome to my closet. <laughs> at least you have one <laughs> you don't have one that's too bad mine's filled with a mess right now you can't see it but there's Christmas gifts there's random games I don't know why they're here tons of papers of my own how are you doing good like you said the last well not 36 hours for me but the last six hours have been crazy you know, oh, I'm sorry our power's out and yes. The basement got locked and my husband was gone. We had a break in through the window because I didn't have my computer or anything. And um, I don't know. It's just still raining. So, like, we couldn't. I just thought, oh, we'll come to town. Let the kids play at the park. Will I, like, use some Wi-Fi? Because we don't get Wi-Fi or Internet at our house when the power goes out. Right. Um, me too. We live up in the woods. And so it doesn't. Me too. So, anyway, <laughs> it's just kind of been one thing after another all morning. And, and I was like, okay, we're just going to roll with it. My daughter's like, are you going to like do your hair? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's not recorded for that anyways, but like we're real homeschool moms. So <laughs> there is that. So we can like practice meditation. We can do it ourselves. <laughs> I did it more this morning than I normally do because yeah, I'm with you. That's been my last, I think 36 hours. So if why this, was this power out? Just why is ours? I have no idea. I have no idea. Not like a big storm or anything. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm ready with my conspiracy theories. <laughs> There's so many options. Which one do I go <laughs> Possibly there was a fire on a pole. Hard to know. I live in the mountains too. So there are trees right beside the electrical poles. It happens all the time. What Ours. a year. <laughs> You know, you you really are such a lovely presence online, on Instagram, and I know 
I've, I've had the same feedback and I sometimes feel like, okay, I'm supposed to be encouraging other people, but some days. Oh, thank you. I also feel like it helps make us more relatable though. Like everyone's like, mm-hmm. Oh, like it's, it's easy to be happy and positive when everything's happy and positive, but showing that like, <laughs> this is a shit show and we're still choosing to be better, you know, like we're choosing to just, you know, like, cause everything has to take priorities at different times, yeah. you know, and sometimes it means I didn't get my workout this morning and I have been eating chocolate chips and that is my life right now. <laughs> that is. Just, <laughs> I don't know why I ate an entire little bar of Toblerone last night. I took it from the kids Christmas stockings and I'm like, what am I doing? The power goes out. I can't watch the bachelorette. Yes. I just said that out loud. <laughs> I would normally not even admit I watch that show, but I don't actually watch TV outside of that. And it has just been, like you said, just 36 hours of crazy. And I, I am presently in the place of trying to figure out how not to uh, be reactive again and decide to set myself towards an intention of what is it that I want? I want peace. In our area, there's a sense that COVID is ramping up and my husband is a physician and the chief of staff at the hospital. So I get the opportunity to know what's going on. And and the community when there's like choose freedom rallies and people are walking in the streets without masks and and I'm just like, my instinct is to feel angry and go, this isn't fair. Why do I have to be responsible for these people or, you know, that all that stuff. And then I finally decided, okay, that's enough. I don't want to feel angry. I don't want to feel, you know, that anymore. I just want to feel like, okay, I'm going to be putting out a place of peace. I have Mm -hmm. no idea what that looks like. (laughs) It's not my go-to in the last 36 hours. Yeah. Got to change things, got to choose things. And I think, you know, if we, I almost want to record what we're, or keep (laughs) what we're saying in the recording, but you tell me if you're like, whoa, way too vulnerable, but I have to tell you that um, the things that you share about in your bio and the things that you um, just the things, the way you approach your life or where you, the way you envision how you want to do family life, even though there's guaranteed days where that ain't going to (laughs) happen. Right. And then there's days that you're like, what even happened? But if your goal is that, that, that is a really powerful thing and a hugely influential thing. And you, ha- you actually say different things like um, you want to help moms with lots of littles have the energy they need to rock their mom journey and create daily habits that help fill their buckets so they have more to give to their families. Like these kinds of statements are exactly what moms want, yeah. except that there are those days, right? Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like you really have to have that vision where you set it up for success, but with any plan, it doesn't matter if it's a workout program or healthy eating or homeschool. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to have some kind of structure, but you also have to have the flexibility to throw it out the window and days and then just be, if your homeschool is going crazy, throw it out the window. Let's have a movie day. Let's eat cookies. Let's do something. Let's change it up. You need that structure. That's what keeps you like with your forward moving progress, right? It gives you that thing to aim for that everyone knows you're trying to achieve. But if you don't have that flexibility to just be able to scrap it all and be like, Hey, this is just a crap day. Then you're too rigid and then it falls apart anyway. So you just, it's that balance of like striving towards something, but being able to like throw it out the window and start again, you know? Yeah. So create the routine, but keep on keeping on. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. So for those that don't know you, would you share a little bit about your family, your children, where you're coming from? Yeah. Um, I have, I don't know. I have five children. (laughs) They are, I have what? I have three boys and two girls. Um, my oldest is almost 14 and then a 12 year old, a 10 year old, a seven who's almost eight next month. And then a four year old, um, that kind of wraps it up at the end. And, um, we have all sorts of fun stuff in our family. My oldest has ADD. 
Um, and that took us a really, actually a really long time to like diagnose and figure out what was going on there, which is the opposite of my oldest daughter who has sensory processing disorder. And that we found out very, very early on and was a big struggle for us to overcome. Um, and then because knowing that our, my third is he my third? No, my fourth child also has sensory processing. But since we had already gone through it with my first daughter, we knew so much more about it. And it didn't really seem like sometimes I feel like we don't like recognize that it's a thing that he has because we already knew what it was and knew about it and knew how to handle it and how to give him a sensory diet for it. And so he struggles with that and we're aware of it um, also. So we've got a lot of different abilities and capabilities. It's We have a fun mix of like some who are more minded like me and some who are more minded like my husband. And um, yeah, we are here. We live in California. Um, it's beautiful where we live. If I'm going to be totally honest, since I feel like we're already laying it all out there today anyway, it's not my favorite place. <laughs> um, funny, I was born and raised in California. My husband and I met in Idaho and we just kind of like that culture, the slower pace um, all that stuff, but we're here in California now, and we'll probably be here for the foreseeable future. So we're just making it work <laughs> for what we have. Um, we started homeschooling, I don't know how many years ago, but when my second daughter or my first daughter is my second child started in third grade, um, we just went to school. I had just had my last baby. He was three months old. I was so, cause I had him in the summer. He was um, born the end of June and I was so ready for school to go back to just have time with my baby, get the kids back in school. Um, I was originally that ultimate mom. Like I never had ambitions to homeschool. I um, like, you see like the sweet moms who like send their kids to like kindergarten. They're like crying. I'm the mom who like drops them at the corner. I'm like, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) I followed my kiddo to school when she was on the kindergarten bus and waved to her when she got out of the bus and said, good luck, Hannah. You did so great. Yeah, I was that mom. So that would have been probably a little more healthy on your end. Just go, okay, you'll be fine. (laughs) that's what we just, you know, I was just very ready for them to like, you go to school. Like I went to public school. I loved public school. I was like, you go rocket. And so having a point where we got, my daughter was in third grade and public school just was not working. And the school was great. The teachers were great. They totally worked with us. They did all these accommodations for her but it got to the point where she just came home crying every single day. And she just felt like she was so stupid and she couldn't do it. And she wasn't learning. Um, it just wasn't worth the tears and the struggle. And I had had the thought, like, I don't know, just, I just felt those mom impressions that like, maybe we need to homeschool. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like it's a little too ambitious. We're not going to do that. <laughs> you know. I was that too. I'm like, I'm not that kind of mom. No. Especially like in California now, I feel like, I don't know, we live in a kind of like a hippie town and I'm like, I'm not some like granola homeschool mom. That's just not who I am. (laughs) And so, you know, I've having those like mom feelings, you're like, this is, I think we need to do it. And then I was like, no, I had a little three month old baby. I'm like, nope, going to put you in school. But like when it wasn't working, I knew, I knew what I needed to do. So I like, figured out and I just dove in and I said, okay, we're going to homeschool. And I had decided to homeschool her. And my older son was just starting fifth grade. He's like, if you're homeschooling her, I'm homeschooling. And I'm like, oh no, no. Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) I can do one (laughs) while I figure it out. But, um, I was like, you're in fifth grade. It's like graduation and summer or science camp. And he's like, those are all the things that I do not want to do. And I was like, Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> so we started with the two of them. I had another daughter who was in, um, I don't, I don't know if she was in kindergarten or first grade at the time. And honestly, we kept her in school the longest. She thrived in public school. So we kept her in until about our third year in, she just really started missing out that she felt like we were doing all this stuff at home without her and she was missing out going to school. So then we kept her home eventually too. 
And your so your story kind of yeah. sounds like mine too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the grade three aspect, though it was my oldest, but I actually went into a bookstore to pick up a book. No, I just a book because I actually had a random afternoon away, which never happened uh, when I had three little girls. And I picked up a book on a lark and it was called The Homeschooling Option Is Homeschooling Right for Your Family? And I picked it up with the intent of grabbing my arguments against it because everybody seemed to be doing it around me. And I'm like, no, I'm a mainstream kind of gal. That's not me. And then by the end of the week, I'm like, we're homeschooling. (laughs) And now we live in that hippie town too, by the way. <laughs> so tell me, you're homeschooling all five now? Your youngest is? So my youngest is four. So four. he's not in yeah. school yet. He's in daycare. So here's like the irony of it is that last year we decided it would be a really great year to transition back. I ended up having this job opportunity fall into my lap to work full time and I was like, I'm a, like, when they presented it to me, I'm like, I'm a homeschool mom of five and you want me to come work full time? Like what? Yes. <laughs> I haven't worked in like over 15 years, you know? And so, but like things just fell into place. So we felt really, really good about putting the kids back in school, which is everybody knows it lasted about six months and then coronavirus hit. And so putting our kids back in school ended up not working out so well. We ended up doing distance learning at the end of last year. And like, I know the teachers did as best they could, but it was a hot mess. And it was anyone who did distance learning. I think, I think it's different now, but at the end it was like, for us, it was the worst of both worlds, right? Like all the horrible things about public school and the horrible things about homeschool, like smashed together, you know? And I'm like, (laughs) some Four people think that this is what homeschooling is like. Like, I've heard that. No. I'm like, this is not what homeschool looks like ever. Like, this is homeschool on my worst day. Like, so I felt homeschool was getting a bad rap with like the distance learning. So anyway, when we started um, up again this year, and I knew like I am working full time remotely, um, and we just have we're just at that age where I have a kid in high school, we have kids in the middle school, and we have kids in the elementary school. And all of their school schedules were different, even on zoom calls, like their zoom start and end times, their breaks for lunch, like everything was different. And it would have been a full time job, just managing their schedule and making sure every kid was on a call when they needed to be. And, you know, I have the confidence that like, we knew what worked before. We knew what curriculum we liked. We knew what with rhythm we liked, how we liked to set it up. And so I just said, you know what, we're just going to full homeschool. So we're homeschooling for reals, not just this morning now. So you are full-time working and you have five kids and you're full homeschooling. You have no idea how many times I've been asked, how do I work at home and homeschool? And the truth is I do it, but I've spent 15 years um, practicing and putting practices in and I still am challenged at at certain times. So we want to hear all your tips. Like, how do you do it on a good day? Okay, because I know there are the bad, the bad days. There are bad days. Um, for me, I think there's two things that come into play. One is the structure of it. And two is my attitude about it. So the first part with this structure, I have to have it planned out. So for me, what works best for us in our homeschool is to do, um, to do it weekly. So instead of having like every subject every day, or like Monday is history, Tuesday is science, Wednesday is whatever we have one subject for the whole week. So, right. We do math every day. We do writing every day. There's some things we do every day, but the, like the main core meat subject, we do it for a full week. And that I feel allows us to like dive deep into something if they really really love it it allows us to find movies for something if it's not something they're really interested in I feel like it gives my kids that freedom which a lot of like unschooling does right so unschooling allows them to like explore a little bit more you know but this still gives me that structure that I need and the flexibility if I'm having a bad day because when we used to do it like day by day if we had a bad Tuesday and maybe Tuesday was bad for a couple of weeks. You know, I'm like, I don't even remember the last time we did history on Tuesday because Tuesdays <laughs> just aren't good days, you know? So this allows me to like have a full week of it to dive deep. And if we have a bad day, 
it's fine. We can make it up the next day. You know, like we can kind of manage it through the week. And so every week we have a different theme and then I plan it out by the month. And so I sit down, it takes me probably four hours if I'm being honest and I have everything (laughs) planned out. So each child has a list and they get a new list every week and it tells them what they're doing, what things they need to do. And so when we go and start, like sit down in the morning, they just get out their list. If there were any like worksheets or pages that needed to be printed, they're printed and like stuck together in a package. So it seems like almost like if you were, um, like when we did public school and we left and did like, like we went to Hawaii once and they gave us like a whole packet, like here's your work for the week. And it's kind of like that. So I'm like, here kids, here's your work for a week. So they work fairly independently in the morning. And then in the afternoon, because my work requires me to be more attentive in the morning. Um, And then in the afternoon is when we kind of do our own, like that's when we do history or reading or things that I need to actually teach. Um, I will say though, too, on top of that is that with math, I'm not actively teaching math. They they're doing like the teaching textbooks. Um, I love math. I tutored math, but at the end of the day, I just, don't have time to sit down and teach them math and teach them another subject. So we do um, teaching textbooks are working well for us right now mm-hmm. for my kids. We're doing it at that, that age, um, except for my youngest because teaching textbooks doesn't start until they're in like third grade and he's in second grade. So I sit down with him. Luckily for me, he catches on really, really quickly. Um, we're not that lucky with all of my children in math. So um, it just, it just, it's working. So for the like structure of it, that's what works for us right now. I plan it out a month in advance. I do like a week of each subject and I have like literally everything ready to go. Because if I don't, either it doesn't get done or I am like stressed out to the mat. (laughs) So my one question is, (laughs) how do you create boundaries for your kids so that they actually follow through and honor your time that you need at home to work? So the way we have it set up, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is that we all actually work in the same room. So when all of this happened, we transformed our basement into a workroom. So we bought like four or five desks at Ikea and we all work in the same room. And luckily I don't have to be live. So I'm an executive assistant. And so I work um, with the Dean of Engineering. And so a lot of me, it doesn't have to be like face-to-face time. So I can turn and help them with a question. I can do different things like that. And so we just, it's just kind of set up. Like we know what time we're going to start school. Like um, we usually start school between 8.30 and 9. And we all go down into the basement. And that was a side note. That was a big thing for us too. Because when we originally homeschooled, we just did it upstairs. We just did it in our space. That's one beauty of homeschool, I feel, is to be able to school at home, to be able to do math that you hate in your favorite chair to give you a little comfort and support, to be able to turn on some candles, to be able to smell the cookies baking as you're like doing your read aloud. You know, there's beautiful things to like homeschool. But with COVID, like we have been home so, so much that we found we were at a spot where we needed separation. So we transformed the basement so that we could have that. So we would go to school and go to work and be able to go in and kind of clock in, right? Go in and check in. And when we go down there, like it kind of means business. Like if you're down there, like we're quiet and we're working and we're focused And if they need a break for PE or if they're going to go and have lunch, then they go upstairs. And then, but when we're like in that space, we're working and um, they've also gotten really good. Just our communication and the fact that like, if I'm in the middle of something, like sometimes I'm working on urgent matters and I'm just like, I just need a minute. And so also setting up boundaries on if like they need help with something and I'm not available, this is what else you can do. You can do your own reading. Here are some word searches you can do. Something not on a device that they can do to entertain themselves while I'm busy. And then once like I'm done, then I can like refocus and be like, okay, where are you at? And so, yeah, does that answer? (laughs) This begs the question, how are you taking care of you? Taking care of me, right? Because part of it's the structure and part of it is my attitude. And that attitude comes from taking care of myself. 
And this, you know, it looks different at every stage. And it looked different when we were homeschooling before than it does now. And I almost hate to say this because I feel like some people just think it's so, like, bizarre or, like, out there or unattainable. But for us <laughs> right now, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning because anything that's not done by 8 a.m., is not getting done that day. Ah, wow. And so, and luckily, so a few things with that. One is my husband gets up really early too. So naturally I am a night owl. I will stay up till one in the morning, like easy. So I've really, really had to train myself. I'm not a morning person. It is something I've had to learn, which is learnable. And there's baby steps to do it. Um, but another thing is that my husband does get up. And so having us both awake, having conversations, um, knowing what I'm doing and also just that, like that pressure that like, this is what I have to do this morning. And if I don't get my butt out of bed, it's not going to happen. And then it's never going to happen. Yeah. So, um, I, I get actually up. say, I actually okay. say just 15 minutes. So you are extending what I would normally say to even moms of young kids, which I agree with you. That was really hard for me when they were little and not sleeping through the night or colicky. I had two kids like that. Um, but I would recommend that people get up before your kids four in the morning you go girl, but <laughs> I, I go back to bed at four 30 if I'm up at four in the morning, but I'm with you. Most people do go back to bed <laughs> that hour. And that's what, like, I even put a post up the other day because I know that I talk about it and people hear that I get up and it seems so unattainable. And that's my recommendation too. So my thought is if you have little babies, if like you just had a baby, you have babies who are getting up several times a night sleep, <laughs> your body, your kids, your brain, you need sleep. Take that sleep. If you're to the point where your baby's sleeping a few solid hours a night, like even not sleeping through the night, but if you're getting like chunks of like four and five, six hours of sleep, then I really 15 minutes. It'll like, it was such a hard habit for me to trust in the process and do, and to just do it. And it's one of the things that made the biggest difference for me. So 15 minutes, if you're in that stage where you have little ones getting up, just 15 minutes. If you're to the point where they're like sleeping through the night, maybe not every single night, but like you're getting some decent, like you're, I feel like my reserve is caught up a little bit. I'm not like exhausted yeah. constantly. Then I would say shoot for 30 minutes. And then if you're to the point where your kids are older and you're con like consistently sleeping through the night, like an hour is what yeah. I recommend. Yeah, that's funny because this morning I was thinking, I say just 15 minutes, but truth is I'm definitely doing an hour before they're up. And if you knew me back when my kids were grade two, kindergarten and younger, um, they were bringing me coffee at nine in the morning because mom, mom, get up. Yeah, I had a hard time doing that too. And they know me like that too. And there's some days that I still am up late but I still get up in the morning like clockwork because I need that time separate space. And it's not even just what can I get done as much as probably it's partly that, but it's also my mindset. I feel a little clearer. I feel a little bit more put together before I get started and things start taking me in different directions. Yeah, Because you start the day proactively, right? If you wait till your kids wake you up, you're on the defense all day. Right. You know, it's kind of like when people talk about going into your email for work, like don't ever check your email because then you're constantly like answering and like dealing with other people's problems. It's the same for moms. Like if you wait till your kids are waking you up, your day starts taking care of someone else's problems, putting them first, you know, they need to eat, they need to go to the bathroom, they need their butt wipe, they need to change out of their wet, you know, like it's all about them. So if you can get up a few minutes before that and start the day on your terms, that you can take a breath that if you choose to just sit in the bed and sit there, if that's what you need or to take a shower or some people have coffee, whatever it needs to be like that you can just start the day on the offensive instead yes. of constantly being in a defensive mode. It just, it changes the tone of the day. And you know, I like, think, I, yeah, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I get up really, really early, but it's just because I want more me time. So like right. I get a lot done, 
but it's stuff like I like read scriptures and I say prayers and I work out. It's just because I need to fill my bucket more. So I get up earlier. Like I'm like, I feel like more is, and even since COVID, right? Like more and more and more is being expected of me. So I need more and more time to be able to like replenish and fill my bucket. So I have that to give during the day. Yeah. And I, when you talk about this, it also reminds me of the myth of multitasking. I think us homeschool moms are really good at multitasking, but if I've done the research, I wrote it in the book. It's actually not more effective. We don't get more stuff done and we are more scattered when we do it. Now, having said that, I don't know how one actually homeschools more than one child or works or does anything other than whatever, you know, we do very little if we were truly not multitasking at all. But aspiring to flip from one child to the next to this activity to that activity is actually not ideal either. Although truth be told, I'm actually very good at it training right I have breastfed the baby while frying something on the stove helping a kid do math and also talking to somebody on the phone (laughs) right yeah so I first got to know you a little bit Um, I think I was drawn to the fitness coaching aspect of it homeschool mom that does fitness coaching will you tell us a little bit about that yeah um so I went to school for health and fitness um it was, it kind of progressively got there. So I went to college. I wanted to be a hairstylist. That's what I want to do. I wanted to go to cosmetology school. Um, my mom was like, Oh, sweet girl, go to college, get your associate's degree, you know, so you at least have a degree and then like meet some roommates. I went to a town that had like a cosmetology school in the town and a normal college. She's so like, go to college so you can like get in the dorms or like the student housing, meet some people and then you can go to the cosmetology school. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Sure. <laughs> I could school didn't bother me. I enjoyed school. That sounded like a fine plan. Um, but since I was undeclared as a major, they um, made me take like a placement kind of a test and I placed really high in like sports medicine. And so they like, my counselor's like, okay, you need to take at least like one or two of these classes, you know, because this is where they put you. So anyway, so I, just kind of went with the flow, whatever, took some classes. Um, I loved it. I fell in love with sports medicine. So I got my two-year degree in sports medicine. And at the time, the school I was going to switched from a two-year college to a four-year college. And when they went four-year, they dropped their sports medicine program. <laughs> so I had already kind of committed to staying there and being there for all four years. I mean, it could have changed, but I, like, I, I loved it there. So I was like, more than happy to stay, but they no longer had my major. So, you know, once again, with the counselor, we're kind of looking at like, okay, where are you at? What classes have you taken? What does it kind of fit into what they're offering now? Um, And it just turned out that like, I ended up getting um, my degree, my bachelor's in health science. And then I had an emphasis in personal health and lifetime wellness. And it was just a fun thing. You know, I was really into sports. I did sports all growing up. I loved athletic training. Um, my thought was after my bachelor's, I'd go on to physical therapy or, um, yeah, do like physical therapy or massage therapy, like sports rehab therapy kind of a thing that never really happened. But, um, anyway, like I graduated by the time I graduated, I was married. And so my husband still had a couple years to go. So I just stayed there. I coached sports and then we started having kids and, you know, the thought of working outside the home just kind of went to the wayside. I always wanted to be a stay at home mom. So once we started having kids and my husband graduated, we just kind of stayed on that track. And then, um, we'll fast forward to four kids later. (laughs) Um, I, there I was like, we had just moved back to California. We had lived in Idaho for several years and, um, man, I was not loving life. <laughs> I was so depressed. And the, the word I can think to like describe it most was I just felt so stuck. Mm-hmm. I felt trapped. And like, like any animal, when you're trapped, you just are panicked to find a way out. And so here I was, I had four kids, like life was crazy. And I'm like, how did I get here? Like, like being a mom is what I always wanted. And like, this is a nightmare. Like, this isn't a dream. It is a nightmare. And I was just (laughs) like, 
looking for that way out. And like, I really remember being like, what if I just left? Like, would I take the baby with me? Would I just, you know, like, would that damage the kids more if I took one kid with me and left the rest? <laughs> Did I leave them off? Like, and you know, you start having these thoughts, you're like, maybe something's not right. <laughs> I'm like, I can, I can be logical and be like, well, he's nursing. So I had to take him, but yes, I would imagine it would do more. Damage. That's a tough place to be. It really was. And I yeah. just remember just being so like, so devastated too, right? Like this is what I wanted. And that was so awful. Like you see pictures of like moms and being like the soccer mom and like throwing parties and like doing all these things. And that's not how it was. I was exhausted every minute of the day. Like I was easily napping twice a day. Um, I remember like throwing my daughter a birthday party once and thinking like, I will never do that again. Like it was so (laughs) exhausting. It wasn't worth it. Now, granted I am, (laughs) A lot of people probably don't know this, but I really am an introvert and I really don't like going out. I really don't like talking to people like doing like group activities like that really is exhausting. So that was part of it too, you know? And, but I just was like, like all these fun, like mom things, like I just didn't have energy for, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to bake cookies with my kids. I wanted them to go away and leave me alone. And I think like the breaking point was even one mother's day my husband was like, Hey, what do you want for mother's day? And I remember all I could think was all I want for mother's day is to not be a mom for five minutes. Like, can you handle that? <laughs> like, I just didn't want to be mom. Like, and I was like, I okay. laugh by the way, but that's a laugh out of identifying because I remember being asked, what would you like for mother's day? And I'm like, I, I think I like to spend the day alone. <laughs> right. Right. And I feel like it's so relatable. Like so many moms don't talk about it, but that's how we feel. Like we just want a break. And here's the thing. I think homeschool moms, especially because I think especially those moms who like really, truly want to homeschool is because they are actively looking for what is best for their children. And they think and feel that what is best comes from them, that they can do better for the children. And so they give so much of themselves to their family, to their children, that they don't often take care of themselves because they're giving so much. And so they often feel the most depleted out of all the moms. I mean, I know, or say, I don't want to offend anybody like that. Like all moms give them themselves, but I've noticed in my research and time and like communities that I feel like I like the homeschool moms are the ones who like fill their buckets the least, you know, that like have the hardest time giving themselves that self-care, have the hardest time, like feeling that they deserve it or they need it or they, you know, that, that they are important. Yeah. We take on our kids needs. We take on all the needs and we think it's us that's supposed to give that to them. And I do think that we are a significant character in their lives and we have a huge influence and we're mentors and we're nurturers and we're all the things. And yet we're also separate people and we have needs. And sometimes, you know, we need to nurture the nurturer. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's not an option. It's not cutesy, although it is cute, but it's not cutesy. It is actually real. We are human beings with needs. And I don't know if it's that we, why do we have so many kids then? What is that about? (laughs) I've got four (laughs) myself. I don't know. They're so cute. When I, when I started parenting, I'm like, Oh, baby, cute. That's what I was thinking. Make cute memories. Lots of photos cute little birthday parties. No idea it was going to be so taxing at times and really wonderful, but also taxing. And that's like, this is kind of a side tangent, but I felt like I rocked the baby stage, right? Like I knew how to have a baby. You can give me a baby. I can sleep train a baby. I can like multitask with a baby. I can nurse one handed while I'm folding one. Like I can rock babies. Like babies are not so like keep the babies coming. But fun fact, they get older. (laughs) And it just gets more complicated and it gets more involved and takes more like it's so physically demanding when they're little. 
But as you get older, that changes, especially like now where I have some that are little and some that are big, it's both. It's still physically demanding. Like I'm still literally wiping butts, but it's also emotionally demanding. Like we're having teenagers and, you know, girls changing and, you know, so it's like both. And I'm like, maybe if I had had a little glimpse into this, like would I have done five? (laughs) Oh, assuming we can't get rid of them, then what do we do? (laughs) And you've learned to take care of yourself. Right. That is what you do. And so anyway, back to my original story, had the fourth baby, I was done, you know? And so my husband actually sat down one day and he was like, okay, I think it's time for us to see somebody. Like, I think you should go and get on some medication. Like this is beyond postpartum. Like, I think we really need some help. And I was like crushed by that, especially because my husband is like the least confrontational person ever. So for him to like bring it up, I'm like, oh crap, like it must be really obvious and really bad, you know? And so like, I really, really, really didn't want to get on medication. Medication is wonderful. My husband's been on medication. My children are on medication. I have six sisters. I think... You have all sisters? I do. Well, wow. no, I'm a sister. I should be talking to your mom. <laughs> um, and all like, um, and I have two brothers. So there's eight siblings. I think all but two have been on medication before. And it's like, I feel very passionate that when it's right, it's right. And it's needed. I just didn't feel like I was there yet. And so I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm like, I know enough because my background about health and fitness, I know how much my physical is like connected to my mental health. So let's try to like really take care of my physical health and see if it helps my mental health. And if that doesn't work, then I promise I'll go to the doctor. And so my husband agreed and we like looked at things and financially things were very hard for us. We had started a business in Idaho. It had failed. It was like 2000 when like everything crashed and that's when we were starting to grow it. Like it just, things weren't like, things weren't good financially. So we literally had like no money to spare and we had gotten our tax return. And so it was that thing where we were like trying to decide like, my husband was like, you have a degree in health and fitness. Like you can like create your own program. And so I tried and I started and I was doing these different things. But for me, it was about like the workouts, but it was also about the community. So long story short, I had a friend who was like doing this workout group and I bit the bullet and I jumped in with her. And um, for us at the time, it was so expensive. And I remember guys, you could call her and ask her today. I literally <laughs> wrote to her and was like, this is everything that I could do for my kids with this money. Like how many dance classes, how many new pairs of pants? Like I literally like budgeted it out everything I could do with that money for my children. And then I was like, why should I take this away from my children and spend it on myself? And she came back and she said, you know what? I can't answer. Like that budget question is between you and your husband. This is what I can tell you. I can tell you that when you take care of yourself, the ones who will benefit the most from it are your children. Mm -hmm. And nothing anyone has ever said to me has ever been more true than that. Mm -hmm. So I jumped in. I started working out. I started being a part of their accountability And it was a night and day difference in, for me and in our home and in our family. And ever since then, like, it's just gotten better and better and better. The longer I've stuck with it, the more that I've learned. Um, And then I just got to the point where like, I just look back and I remember how like lost and just hopeless I felt and I'm like my heart just broke for women who thought that like that's what being a mom meant that waking up exhausted every day to hear your kids crying in the other room and you just have that dread like oh they're starting like it's it's happening again here we go again like I dreaded it and I just my heart just ached for women who like mm-hmm. thought that that was normal or healthy or what it meant to be mom and so then I really wanted to be on a mission to like to change that to like give the resources to help other people out and to know that like you can enjoy being a mom you don't have to wait till they're grown or they're in their middle school or they're in high school like you can have 
an infant and toddlers and still have energy and still enjoy motherhood like right now. And so that's how it all started. <laughs> so I noticed you um, sharing with us your workouts on Instagram. And uh, tell me a little bit more about that. You've been doing that for a few years then, and that's part of your, your fitness group or your coaching. Yeah. So I partnered with Beachbody and I like them because they do home workouts. Um, so where we live six years ago, they didn't have any gyms that had daycare and I had half a million kids. So I couldn't like, I, and once again, being like, a mom, I didn't feel like I could leave the house for three hours to like drive into town, work out for an hour or so drive all the way home. Like I, that wasn't, that wasn't a reasonable expectation for me to do every single day. And so, um, I started looking into home workouts, but home workouts, like I had done the old, like VHS ones, right? I think I had a Pilates one. I had like a Fonda. Did you, do you go back that far? (laughs) I don't go back that far. No leotards in your, your closet. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There was like, I remember doing like a step one with a friend and like, like Tai Bo was kind of, I think big. And I had done it, but I hated them, right? Like, I'm an athlete. I don't want to sit there and do, like, the same video every day. And, like, I'd get to the point where I'd do it, like, twice, and then I'd have it memorized. And then I couldn't get myself to do it again because I knew it was coming. I knew how much time was left. I knew, like, oh, this is hard, but I, like, I just, like, I couldn't, and I, like, hated it. <laughs> and so the home workout I did, actually, it was the um, the P90X3. Oh, wow. The reason I did it was because I had tried the P90X workouts before with a friend, but they were way too long and way too involved. But these ones were 30 minutes and it was a three month program. And in the three months, the most you ever repeated one workout was four times in the whole three months. And I'm like, there are so many different workouts. They're only 30 minutes and they're at home. And I was like, this is the one I'm going to start with. And so I started with that one and it has been a trickle effect. I have done Beachbody for six plus years. I finished countless programs. Um, I love it because they're always, they're very, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I want to say inventive, but that's not, they have a lot of initiative, like forward thinking. Um, And so they're always coming out with different ways, different challenges, how to like reach and do things they haven't done. Like I'm doing a running program right now. They've never released a running program. Like I'm not a runner, but I'm trying it, you know, Um, but they're always kind of cutting edge like that, like always trying something else. And you know what? I found some that I love. I found some that I don't love. And, um, but I heard a friend say something the other day and she said, being consistent isn't necessarily about doing it every single day. She said, mm-hmm. being consistent with something just means you're always going to come back to it. Right. And so having that, like, I might not like this workout program or I might not like this and I might not have like really do it every day, but it's something now that like, I will always come back to. So how do you and- encourage uh, homeschool moms that have these full days? They've got all their kids, all the routines. Where do they put it? Where do they do it? You're like four in the morning, like get started right um, away for the rest of the moms that are listening (laughs) that are not going to get up at four in the morning. Yeah. So what I encourage my challengers to do is to look at your schedule and it doesn't matter when you do it. You just have to have it planned beforehand and have a backup plan. So for instance, as fate would have it, I did not work out this morning. I got locked out of the basement. Like things did not happen this morning. But I have a backup plan. My backup plan is at four o'clock this afternoon, which actually might end up working better because it was pouring rain this morning and it is cleared up. So um, it's not supposed to be raining this afternoon, so it may work out better. But some people have more ability to do it at night. Some people do not want to wake up early in the morning. And that's fine. Like there's no, like, I prefer to do it in the morning because that helped. Like if I don't get it done the first thing in the morning, even six years in, I will still talk myself out of it. (laughs) So like getting up and getting it done before, like my brain is engaged, but I know I have moms in our groups who do it during their baby's first nap time. I have some who do it in the afternoon once homeschool is done. Um, So for a lot of years, actually, when we were like traditionally homeschooling, I would do it at three o'clock. It was the break that I needed. Like we, like our homeschool day would be done. And before I started the mom routine of dinner and dishes and bedtimes, baths at five, 
I took that chunk in the middle and that's when I used to work out for years yeah, because it was the, the transition that I needed between homeschool and mom was to take care of myself. Right. And so, yeah, just look at your calendar and think, when can I realistically do it and schedule it in? Like, don't just like be like, oh, I should do it then. Like know exactly when you're going to work out and what workout you're going to be doing. And then just like anything else, like have that structure. And if something doesn't work out that day, give yourself grace. Like we're trying to be consistent. We're trying to do the best, but we're busy homeschool moms. Like don't beat yourself up if it doesn't happen. I do encourage people to track things because like being able to notice, like maybe how often am I missing it? You know, if you track it and you are doing good with your afternoon workouts, but you're noticing that like, I think I'm doing good, but actually I'm only doing good about four days a week. And I usually miss one day a week and all the weekends, you know, maybe we should look at a different time to be like scheduling them in. Um, so that can help you see like how consistent you're actually being more than like, Oh yeah, I work out every day when really maybe you don't, you know, so just being able to track it and, um, yeah, plan it. See if it works, try it out. And if it doesn't, scrap it and try another time. It's, Sorry, oops. I couldn't hear what you said. I have to tell you that I, for a long time, I bucked the idea of getting into a regular exercise routine because when, at least in the culture, in all of our culture, most of the people that will listen to this in our culture, there is definitely a connection between perfect body image and exercise or whatever, a lot of body image issues. And I was trying to buck that mm -hmm. until I just couldn't climb up the stairs when my fourth was a baby. And I was questioning, why can't I climb up a flight of stairs without huffing and puffing? And also because it feels good. And that that is the bigger reason. It's more like a brain health uh, concern than it is really about a body image issue and of course you do the exercise it's going to contribute to your feeling of you know feeling good in your body but it really is about brain health and making yourself feel good burn off that tension etc and that's so I was listening to somebody else the other day and they were talking about mental health and they were talking about movement and they were talking about like in their class that they offered they don't like to refer to it as exercise they like to refer to it as movement just move your body and I'm going to argue against that. I think that there is power in actually having a hard workout because, and this is something I'm actually really working with my 14 year old right now on is that there is something empowering about having a hard workout and pushing through it right. about knowing you have something hard and showing up anyway about being done it. And like having that sense of accomplishment that like I did something that I truly did not think I could do or that even two weeks ago I literally couldn't do like it is such a mental thing and like moving your body like I'm never going to knock it move your body any way you can but I think for the most benefit you really should exercise and that doesn't mean it has to be like super physically exerting like I've been worked in a yoga class just as much as I've been worked in like a boot camp type of class right but it has to challenge you mentally as much as it does physically, because that's where a lot of the benefit comes from. And I like totally agree. Um, I definitely had that feeling when I first started of like, I didn't want people to think I was really vain. Like I'm going to work out, especially I'll be honest, like, especially when I started sharing it, like social media, like, I'd like, look at me, I'm working out. Like who cares? You know, <laughs> like that wasn't the point. And I really had a hard time getting around it, but at the end of it, it wasn't about the physicality of it. It was that it gave me energy. It allowed me to play with my children. Like, like you were saying, I literally couldn't walk up the stairs. My kids would run at the beach or run at the park. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up. And that's, you don't want, here's a thing I like to say is that I'm not a big fan of parks. I don't care for them. <laughs> but if I tell my kids, no, we're not going to the park. I want it to be because no, I don't like the park. I don't want to have to tell my kids, no, we can't go to the park because I can't keep up with them. I can't push them on the swing. Like my physical ability should not be holding our family or my kids back from activities. Like if I tell my kids, no, if 
It should be because I don't think it's a good idea or I really don't want to, but not because I can't. Right. And so having like doing the workouts, it helps mentally, it helps physically. Um, and it just provides so much of that confidence that we need to be able to like get through hard things because you know, I appreciate watching you to your exercise or your workouts actually, because it is, it's, I'm like, she is a homeschool mom, a homeschool mom that works full-time with five kids. Yeah. I can definitely fit it in. Yeah. And it just comes down to priorities, you know, yes. and it's hard to make it a priority because as homeschool moms, it's hard to make yourself a priority. It always will be, it's never going to get easier to make yourself a priority because it always takes time. It's usually inconveniencing somebody else, you know? Um, and it's hard to like set that boundary, but the more you do it, the more I feel like you'll see the benefits of it, but your family will too. Like my husband is fully supportive of like me getting a workout in where when we first started, it was like, you know, like, I mean, obviously I came from a, like a mental health thing and he saw it was helping. So that helped. But like a lot of times it's, it's hard to be like, well, what's the point of this? Like your body's fine. I love you the way you are. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, that's not the point, you know, but seeing how much it like benefits the family and how much better you feel, how much more patience you have, you know, allow like people will allow for that inconvenience. I feel a little bit more. So that's where the ease comes in. Like it doesn't get easier to like set that boundary and show up, but it does get easier that they kind of just get more comfortable with being inconvenienced by it. You know, little kids know that when they come in and I'm in the middle of workout, I'm not going to stop and help them. I mean, if it's an emergency, I will, yeah. they know that like, they're going to have to wait, you know? Um, I do understand. And- in fact, I think it's actually useful because as homeschool moms, we tend to do all the things for them all and the they, they're little kids that need things. Right. And then they grow up to be big kids that need things, but big kids that need things that should learn how to do things themselves. And we are the homeschool moms always doing everything. And they don't recognize there's a boundary between you and me. There's a separation between you and me. I have things I need to do as well. So I, I think it's useful for them. Yeah. And it's actually been my like eye opening in some senses because there's been times when like I've come up and they've like made breakfast and I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. That's Old a good pancakes one. Or different things, you know, like even when they were little, um, I remember my sister told me this, like in the days of like not wanting to get out of bed ever in the morning, she was like, this is what we do. We get the cereal out, we have it out on the counter, and then she poured cups of milk for each of the kids in the fridge so they could pour a cup of milk into their cereal instead of trying to, like, do the whole gallon of milk and spilling it everywhere, (laughs) you know? And so, um, like, coming up and seeing that, like, they were actually able to do things when, like, I didn't have it set up was like, oh, but if I would have been there, I never would have let them dry. And like, no, 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 I'll do it. Like, I don't want to clean up the mess. I don't want, like, it's just easier. Right. Like we're homeschool moms. We're like ultra efficient. Like, let me just do it. Cause it's more efficient, you know? Um, and so being able to like step away and be focusing just on me has actually allowed them to have some space to like try things out. And it's not always, you know, obviously sometimes they're like, Oh, I just wanted to wait for you. And I'm like, Thanks. I think you could have figured it out on your own. That's the only way my kids learn to cook actually is by me leaving the kitchen because my instinct is, oh, wait, 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 no, no, too much baking soda. But then I learned with every child that, listen, they are only doing this baking soda mistake once because the thing tastes like soap otherwise. And so I backed out of the kitchen. Nobody started a fire yet. They may have got burned a couple times, although I will give you that they're 16 years old. So, you know, that happens Um, or nobody's chopped off fingers and they've learned and I get fed. (laughs) bonus. <laughs> no, when we started homeschooling, one of the first things my kids did, I mean, they were third grade and fifth grade. They wanted to take a cooking class. I'm like, best idea ever. I'm like, I, you know, my kids are 14 and 12 now, my two oldest ones, and they fully can make meals, you know? And like, that was one of my goals as a homeschool mom was like, eat. I want each kid to leave the house with like a handful of meals and a handful of desserts that like they can rock you know that like they can feed themselves for a week that could like impress in-laws or boyfriends or whomever you know like decent meals because when I left 
I don't think I knew really how to cook anything and I ate horribly. And that once again, your nutrition plays into your mental health and so many things, you know, like you're going to college and you're away. And if you're not like giving yourself the good nutrients that you need, like it makes a big difference. So like giving them that tool. And I know, um, you had Julie from, um, Brave writer, brave writer, yeah. and she and her stuff. She talks about having like teaching the kids laundry in fourth grade. Uh-huh. Once again, one of my favorite things. Like <laughs> yeah. all my older kids who have been in fourth grade can all do laundry, and I don't make them all the time. You know, like we have our rotations, but they can do it. If I'm having a day and I call home and I'm like, I need you to start two loads of laundry. Like I have full confidence that they can and that they're capable. And it just goes into that, like, because I have been unavailable from time to time and it teaches them to just have that independence, which is so hard to like, let go, but it's useful. It sure is useful. But I know every one of my kids does laundry. Obviously I've got 19, 17 and 15 and a 12 year old and he knows how, and my oldest knows he is the most babied out of everybody, of course. (laughs) And I didn't even know he had so much laundry stuck in his closet last week that he went to a birthday party wearing clothes that I was mortified by. And if you know me, I have completely let go all these notions of what the right outfit is since uh, schooling to homeschooling. And he had a huge cut in his knee that was not cool. Like it doesn't look cool. It's way too big. It almost looks like it's half short, half pant, but really obvious stains everywhere. <laughs> the shirt was too short and I was just mortified, but I found out he had a month's worth of laundry, which is pretty much all of his clothing um, reused and used and used again in his, his closet. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. So as long as you bring it downstairs, I will do your laundry. So I'm hoping my oldest doesn't hear that because by the time she was, <laughs> I don't know, in grade one, she could have probably parented all four of them. <laughs> I, I valued independence, but I also had a very independent child. So <laughs> I was lucky there. Different if, if they're independent on top of it. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was very helpful. I got to tell you, you and I could talk all day. You have so much to offer. <laughs> Would you share me or share with us your these three fun questions that I always finish um, an interview with? What are you normally doing on a Friday night? On a Friday night, nothing. <laughs> Friday night is our, we always have pizza Friday night. So before COVID, I guess, um, we would take our kids swimming. Every night would be pizza and swimming, um, except for in like the really cold winter months. And it just turned to pizza and a movie. Um, so that's just what it is right now is we have pizza every single Friday night, no matter what, because mama's not cooking. And then we usually just watch a show. Um, it's actually (laughs) funny because like with the way things are right now, like just so quick, meaning like kids want to be on devices. They want to watch little 30 minute shows. And like, actually, I never thought I'd get to the point where I thought having a Friday night movie would be like a learning experience, but having them sit and watch a full two hour movie, it's hard for a lot of my kids. And I'm like, okay, apparently this is homeschool too. So yeah, we do pizza and a movie. I think that is the most common thing that people say. Friday nights are always the movie and wine night. Some people will say, but we usually don't start little kids on that. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what is on your book stand? What are you reading right now? Um, fear is my homeboy. I'm loving it. It was actually gifted to me, um, by one of my fellow coaches and it's been so incredibly eye-opening because I am the type of person, I don't have a fear, a fear of failure. I have an immense fear of success. Um, the thought of being able to succeed at something, and then it's going to require more of me and I'm going to have to level up and produce more and sustain more. Um, makes me like think back. And so it's really helped me to like open my eyes and find out what my fears are, making them tangible kind of so that I can work around them. So, yeah. well, you go girl, cause it really is fun watching you. It really is. <laughs> so last question I have is what is your favorite fun self-care strategy? Well, this one is a little spoiled right now. <laughs> So right now, because I have so much on my plate, my husband has agreed that once a month I get a weekend alone to myself, Ooh, wow. which lucky to me is this weekend. 
But um, so usually how I talked before about how I do all my month of homeschool planning. So I will take the weekend, I will spend one of the days and I will plan out all of my homeschool curriculum for the month. And then I just have me time. And sometimes that's doing fun things and getting my nails done. And sometimes it's literally sitting and staring at a blank wall and having nobody ask me any questions feeling. Isn't it amazing (laughs) when you have something that you have to do, you have to get something done. It is so much easier when no one's around. Yes. It goes back to like our multitasking, right? (laughs) So I think what we learned in this interview is we should not have more than one child. (laughs) (laughs) To all the new homeschool mamas out there, you need to get rid of the other ones. (laughs) You just have to be intentional. And I think that's what I've learned most about whether it's, like I said, workouts or homeschooling or setting boundaries or anything, just be intentional with what you're doing. Like when we're working and we're doing homeschool, we're doing homeschool. And when we're watching a movie, I don't have three kids on devices. And some of us, we are watching a dang movie, like just being super intentional about what we're doing. So even though we might have our attention split, right, I have like five different kids that I'm homeschooling, like we're all in the same spot. And we're doing that we're not on social media and kind of homeschooling. And let me check into work because that's when you like, just get so burnt out. So just being intentional. It was a real pleasure to chat with you today, Stacy. It was so much fun. I encourage Thank everybody you to too. check you out online. Where do we find you on Instagram or and Facebook? Um, yeah, so I'm mostly on Instagram. I do have a Facebook page. I don't know. I'm not there a whole lot. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I am Stacy Wilson Fit um, on Instagram. And I, I believe I'm the same on Facebook. So either way. Well, it's a real pleasure to have you here today and for everybody to get to know you. So thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to hear more about who you are. So come on over to my Facebook or Instagram page, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. And while you're there, you can check out the preview of my new book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. All the show notes and the links will be found on my blog, www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. Until next time, I wish you and your kids a charmed week. Except when you're not having those charm days and you're having one of those days, then I hope you can turn all your challenges into your charms. <laughs>